Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Thank you for listening. This is Sandy Horner. Managing Director, Wealth Management at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Today I'm joined by my colleague, financial planner, Tyler Klug, and we want to talk to you about choices of investment vehicles. For almost a century, people have been investing in mutual funds. In fact, the mutual fund was invented back in March of 1924. And in almost 100 years, the mutual fund hasn't changed a whole lot. Now, there's nothing wrong with a mutual fund. Most people typically only have mutual funds as a investment choice in their retirement plan, be it a 401k or a 403b or something similar to that. But outside of those retirement plans, you have a lot of choices. And today, we want to talk to you about the exchange-traded fund. Tyler, how long have exchange-traded funds been in existence? Well, they're relatively newer, but they've been around since about the early 90s, so coming up on almost a quarter century. So definitely newer than the uh, mutual fund. So new, but certainly tested. They've been around for a while. Absolutely. And what is the uh, major difference between a ETF, exchange-traded fund, ETF as we call them, and a mutual fund? Well, there's a few differences. Uh, Number one, most folks generally think of ETFs as passive investment vehicles versus a mutual fund as an active fund, meaning it has a portfolio manager who's making decisions within that fund. And as such, the mutual fund, the active fund, tends to typically be higher cost. The expense ratios are higher, number one. And number two, many mutual funds also still have commissions, uh, depending on which type of of mutual fund it is, uh, which share class you're buying, whereas an ETF typically has much lower expense ratios and typically no commissions these days. Um, Additionally, a mutual fund Uh, The way that execution works when you actually go to purchase that fund is if if you put in the buy order during the the business day, that fund actually doesn't complete the sale or purchase until 4 p.m. that day. So you actually don't know what price you're going to be purchasing that mutual fund at versus an ETF typically uh, will, will trade during the day and you're going to buy or sell that while the market is open just like a stock. So just to add a little bit more to that, because this may be new information for some folks, when you own a mutual fund, you own dozens, if not hundreds, of underlying companies in that mutual fund. And when you buy or sell that fund during the trading day, you really don't know what you paid for it or what you sold it at until the market closes and the mutual fund calculates the share price for that given day. Versus, as Tyler just pointed out, an exchange-traded fund, as the name would indicate, trades on an exchange. So it's like buying or selling a stock, for example, where you know exactly what you bought or sold it for. So. Let's talk a little bit about minimum investments. Is, is that an issue for exchange-traded funds? 
Typically not, because you can buy as little as one share of an exchange-traded fund, just like I mentioned, it trades like a stock. So if there's an ETF out there that's trading for $20 a share, you can just use $20 of your own money and purchase that one share and diversify that $20 between hundreds, if not thousands of companies. Versus many mutual funds still have minimum investments, even if they're you know, tracking an index, it might, they might have a minimum investment of $3,000. So there is some limitation typically to mutual funds versus ETFs. So clearly, we would recommend that any listener checks with their financial advisor to make sure that an exchange traded fund would be appropriate for you. Uh, but I can share with you that at BWFA, nowadays, we typically have a very small exposure with our client portfolios to the mutual fund industry. Uh, it's typically significantly less than 5%. Uh, and those uh, dollars, if you will, have been reallocated to the exchange trade uh, universe, exchange traded fund universe. And Tyler, let's talk a little bit more about as it pertains to our you know, management of client portfolios, why we favor the exchange traded funds. Obviously, many of the reasons that you just cited are partially it, but what are some of the additional uh, aspects of exchange traded funds that we like? Sure, of course. Number one, I think the cost, like I mentioned, um, we're, we're very conscious about the fees on the investments. Um, we're trying to minimize the fees for our clients. Number two, I think, is the transparency. So mutual funds are only required to disclose their holdings a couple of times a year, whereas ETFs publish those holdings daily. So we know exactly what we're investing in instead of having to wait for the mutual fund, for example, to you know disclose exactly what's inside of that mutual fund. Um, the management, again, we, we are using the exchange-traded funds from the, the passive approach um, as a really a core of our portfolios uh, to build that, that core and, and keep that cost low. But I think most notably, another very, very important uh, reason would be the tax efficiency. So an ETF is generally more tax efficient than a mutual fund. What does that mean? Um, well, many of you who own mutual funds, maybe in your you know, brokerage accounts, uh, may be familiar with capital gains distributions, unfortunately. Um, those can cause significant un undue or unplanned for tax complications, um, especially in recent years. Uh, you know, I think during 2020, um, there was a, pr a pretty big year where there was very large capital gains distributions, and this year uh, there could also be as well. Um, so mutual funds, what happens is when those portfolio managers of those funds are buying and, se and selling the securities, they're generating capital gains, which they then ultimately will pass along to the shareholders of those mutual funds closer to year end. Um, in an ETF, there really are no capital gains distributions typically. It's very rare, uh, especially when in the ETFs that we invest in for our clients. So it's a way that we can minimize taxes for our clients um, and try to have more control over the portfolio. I would add too um, that for those folks that want a little bit more information on that uh, capital gain headache that can occur with mutual fund ownership in non-qualified accounts, so outside of your retirement plan or outside of IRAs, you might want to Google uh, the state of Massachusetts and Vanguard, the mutual fund company. Uh, Vanguard, uh, not too long ago, uh, had to pay a settlement to the state of Massachusetts, whose attorney general sued Vanguard for um, target date funds that Vanguard managed, which generated these massive capital gains 
through some uh, management practices that they did in their target date funds. And uh, the state of Massachusetts won that lawsuit. I think it was something north of $6 million or something. It was, was not a small settlement. I want to go back for just a second, Tyler, to the topic of transparency. Think about this for a moment, folks. Say you have an investment account whether you have $100,000 or a couple of million dollars in that investment account, if you have a large percentage of that portfolio invested in mutual funds, think about the lack of transparency. You really don't know where that money is invested. Sure, you may know it's invested in a stock fund. You may know it's invested in a bond fund. You may know it's invested in a small growth stock fund or a large value stock fund, but what are the actual underlying holdings? What companies do you own in that mutual fund? And how do you know that they're different from the other mutual funds that you own? Well, the answer to that question is quite frequently, you don't really know. And that's because of the lack of transparency. So, Tyler, I guess it uh, certainly seems like the conclusion to this is when you can head towards an ETF instead of a mutual fund. I think generally speaking, um, and if you do own mutual funds, uh, like, like you had mentioned before, we own a few for our clients and our clients' portfolios, but you want to be strategic as to where you hold those funds. That way you can try to make sure you're minimizing the potential tax implications. Excellent point. For those of you that would like more information, please reference bwfa.com where you will find additional information and if you would like some guidance on deciding whether an ETF or a mutual fund is appropriate for you please consult with your financial advisor or contact us at bwfa.com we'd be delighted to have a conversation with you at no cost or obligation on your part thank you for listening thanks for listening for questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.